0: Just before we begin today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today at Magic Studios in West Perth. From the tiny farming community of Lake Grace, playing on the biggest stage on Grand Final Day was a highlight of Mitch Morton's life. But those couple of hours provided no respite from a chronic 15-year battle with anxiety. It was this battle which became too much and soon after ended his AFL career. Losing life structure made things even worse as his life spiralled out of control for four years. Through his resilience and mission to search for answers, he has found his purpose, founding his project, Mr. Anxiety, as he shares his journey and helps others live with anxiety. He has recently reconnected to his football club where it all began and now has a greater outlook on life. We can't thank Mitch enough for his openness and we hope you enjoy this episode. You can find Mr. Anxiety on Instagram. The details are in the show notes. If this episode triggers anything for you, Lifeline is a 24-hour support service. They can be contacted on 13 11 14. Bush Footy Legends is presented by the WA Country Football League in partnership with Healthway, promoting the Think Mental Health message. Mitch, welcome. Uh, Welcome to Bush Footy Legends. Thanks for having me, mate. It's, uh,
1: It's exciting. It's always nice to get back to my country roots and talk about the bush a bit.
0: I'll be honest, I'm a bit uh, a bit nervous going into today. I'm, I suppose, joined on a podcast with someone who's pretty, a lot more experienced in this than me. How, how many have you done now? Oh, well, I've done a few of
1: these kind of structured ones, but yeah. I also am three weeks into doing my own morning one, which is just 15 minutes of me rambling. And, so, that,
0: is, and that is not structured, is it? That's, <laughs> that is that can as go anywhere. unstructured
1: as you can go, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. When it's going south and there's nowhere to hide, it's difficult. But sometimes you get on a bit of a roll and it's kind yeah. of nice to just let it
0: flow. I, I get, I listening to that. I get the impression that you sometimes just, are just maybe doing it before you've had your morning coffee and, and you've just woken up. Is that true?
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was a lot more difficult before I started Dry July. Yeah so now that I'm kind of not oh, that's it, a battle that's a yeah, battle yeah that's right it is a battle I'm what, 11 days 10 11 days in and before that it was quite difficult getting up at 4:30 or 5 oh. especially when there was golf on TV the night before that I was right into and I had a couple of beers or a couple of red wines it was difficult getting up but kind of slowly getting into the swing of it a bit more now
0: so I'm a bit more comfortable I've actually got a lot more in common than I thought you know we're both from the great southern both from uh, you know right down the south of uh, western australia for, the, for those who don't know where, where is lake grace Lake Grace you describe is it.
1: around 350 kilometres southeast yep. of Perth. I think the best way to describe to people where it is, if you look at a map and you find Perth and you find Esperance, draw a line, yep. Lake Grace is in the middle.
0: Yeah, there's, there's people who don't appreciate the country and they go, oh, all country towns are the same and they don't change. So you recently went back to play a bit of footy in your hometown of Lake Grace and for those who do know about Lake Grace it's a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a breeding ground isn't it really for for footballers who've gone on to higher things um, what's what, what was it like going back
1: oh i've been loving it yeah i mean to be honest i don't think there will ever be a place on the planet that will ever be home like Lake Grace was i say Lake Grace i also mean Newdigate because i did live in Newdigate for a fair amount of time as well and that's where both of my parents grew up on farms so that place is very special to me you know there's a morton road in which is a unique place for us um, so it's always good for me to go back and one of my favorite things like i love cities like love cities mm. you know i've been very very lucky to have lived in sydney singapore melbourne perth some fantastic cities and i love getting into the city and finding little bars and coffee shops and oh. laneways but i love putting the city lights behind me okay. and getting out onto the albany highway and getting out into the bush or and these days my parents are in beverly so i jump on the the great eastern highway and head that way I absolutely love it getting out of the city and just kind of the air gets a bit fresher and you feel the pressure come off your shoulders a little bit that I can't I think you feel in the city so I really enjoy that so I'll always be someone who's from the bush and I I look for every opportunity I can to get back there this year getting back there trying to play footy again for the first time in five years my body's not holding up you said trying yeah trying yeah my (laughs) body's not holding up which is really really frustrating because I've just been enjoying it so much and uh, I love it every time I go back there everyone's so hospitable Lake Grace is a beautiful community um you know a lot of good friends and, and family there and yeah I miss it
0: so you recently came back uh, I think it was you recently came out in the media it was the first time you picked up a footy in, in five years is it like getting on a bike
1: it's difficult because my mind still kind of knows how to do all these things and do you know what the most difficult part of it is because now I'm kind of an, on top of my anxiety I've got the, all this energy mm-hmm. I've got this energy but I don't have the body to kind of keep up with those demands
0: oh so that's like what you know the, the guys who play reserves who for about 40 or 50 they go the mind's willing but the body's not yes, able it's, yes well for you're not, me you're not going to be like that <laughs> for me
1: it's interesting because i was about 15 when i started to really struggle to, to with this vomiting and stuff before football mm. it kind of took over and every game of football i played was like this internal battle just trying to get through it you know I went from being kind of as a kid this performance because I was quite talented quite good at it to just being about surviving and getting through the day and that was it it was just about getting through and it's funny now I feel kind of energetic again and like I've got that energy I used to have when I was a kid but I just can't do what I used to be able to do because my body can't do it anymore having having five years off from a sport that is so intense and hard to play is proving difficult to get back
0: into yeah, so your your life now, uh, Mr. Anxiety, um, I suppose, how did that come about? Um, you, there was obviously a, a point where you go, I can do something for the, for the greater good here. Well, it's purely by accident,
1: really. Yep. I mean, I think most people who end up doing something similar to what I'm doing, it comes about through sheer accident. Mm. You know, 2018, I was in a really, really dark place. I try not to... Uh, hollywood eyes that my i call it hollywood hollywood eyes you know trying to profit from yep. you know a situation that other people might find themselves in now i was in that situation it was very very difficult and i was as low as you can get before you go and do anything that you might regret so i decided in that moment that i was going to turn my life around and i was going to put everything on hold until i did it at that point my anxiety had kind of slowly infiltrated and picked apart every aspect of my life and ruined it And I just wanted to live a normal life. I just wanted to answer the phone when it rang. I just wanted to be able to go to work and answer a call without having to, you know, get really stressed about it. I wanted to be able to handle every situation in life. And in that journey over the next two years, I started to feel better. And then as I felt better, because anxiety become normal to me. That had become my life. I, I wasn't in 2018. I wasn't like, oh, anxiety's kind of. Ruined my life i wasn't i didn't make excuses for things it just become my life and then as i got better i was like wow i've been living like that and it was a really shattering moment to realize that the way i've been living was so far from how you should live your life so then i was like well there's obviously a lot of other people out there who are feeling like that i can't just do what i've done and then move on i remember my father saying mitch no, you know you've beaten it why do you have to keep talking about it mm. and i said well it's not about me anymore it's about those people who are in the same boat and if i can stop someone From spending 15 years going down that path because i've obviously lost a lot of friendships and stuff for it being so long if i had kind of got in control of it after a couple of years maybe those friendships would still have been able to be maintained so it's about helping other people who are somewhere else on that journey and like my parents understand that now but at the start that was quite difficult so it just comes about naturally i just went well i can't just have this knowledge and experience of going through that and then just kind of park it and move on for my own profit I want to kind of help people, and I'm in that phase now where I'm trying to turn that into, I guess, a profession.
0: There's probably people out there who suffer from anxiety. Um, you'll probably later be able to go on the difference between anxiety and being anxious. Um, what is it, I suppose, describing it? What, is it? what does it actually feel like? There's probably people out there right now, this might be a light bulb moment for them listening, and they go, oh, I battle that. Um, what, I f- what, is, what, what, is, what does it feel like describing it to the person who has no idea?
1: Does Do you worry about... Things in life so much so that it ruins your actual enjoyment of life. I guess that's probably it for me. Does it actually impact your? And the biggest thing in life, I don't know if we'll have a chance to talk about this, but I did talk about on my podcast this morning, is our relationships. Is it impacting your relationships? Are you not putting time into your relationships because you're feeling like you're worrying about things so much? You're so worried about work tomorrow, or you're so worried about it could be your retirement, or you're so worried about. Your kids or you're so worried about the sport event next week or you know are you so worried about those things that you're not putting proper time into relationships because at the end of the day the only thing that you're going to have is your relationships to, to fall back on you know when we get older in life and so for me if you are I guess in that position where those things are, are stopping you from
0: you know life is stopping you from having healthy relationships I think you need to do something about it. It's funny i look up um doing my research for this so i look up my top mitch morton into google wikipedia comes up it says you're the 94th ranked player in paddle tennis in perth was that is that true that
1: <laughs> is not true that was one of my friends who i used to work with who has a can, very yeah you can edit it. that's right yeah. and that's the thing about wikipedia and you know what it just goes to show how easy it is to paint a facade so yeah. one of my friends did that as a joke because i was playing a lot of squash and paddle tennis at yeah. some point and that is the online world. It's mm. fake. So you can literally just go and edit someone's Wikipedia and put something in there, mm. whatever you like. And I think we take what we read on the internet and we take what we see in social media as gospel. Mm. And the reality is it's not. You know, People aren't living the lives that they're showing that they're living.
0: Yeah, and the point I was trying to make is also that you know, your highlights from the grand final will come up, which is obviously a real treasured memory for you. But you look at it as well, and does that define who you are, I suppose, you know, compared to what you were then, compared to now? Like, who is Mitch Morton now? I think the thing that I say to people is it was
1: such a humbling experience to be part of that great team and such a fantastic day. But my inner turmoil and the battle that I was waging internally kind of put a dampener on it. You know, 24 hours later, I was in my bed with my duvet pulled over my head, not wanting to go out because it's too much and Mm. when everyone else is out having a good time and celebrating and that's what our anxiety and our mental health issues do they make us focus so much on ourselves and what the situation that we're in and it takes away from seeing the big picture and what you're part of which is really disappointing because it's such a beautiful experience to be part of that I didn't get to enjoy as much as I should have
0: is it still a highlight for you though oh
1: absolutely it is is. and I guess it's something that is I look on with more fond memories as I get older. It's one yep. of those things. Cause but it's a boy, your dream,
0: isn't it? Like most yeah, people want to play in you know, a play AFL playing a grand final. Yeah. And
1: yep. all you want to do is be part of a team. Yep. And, and, and all I want to do is be a small cog in a, in a big wheel at a big mm-hmm. machine. And I felt like that for that four week period in the finals at the Swans, it was probably one of the only times I really felt like that throughout my career. Um, and I guess what I say to people is you can push and push and push and push for your issues. But look at me. I pushed and pushed and pushed and won an AFL grand final, which is one of the biggest achievements that you can achieve in Australia. Mm. And 24 hours later, I was in bed with my doona pulled over my head, you know, mm. not wanting to go outside. So yeah. uh, depending on how big the achievement is you push for, it'll make you feel better for a little bit, mm. but then you'll be straight back to where you were.
0: So football, the, the 120 minutes, is that an escape?
1: Not for me, no, no way. No. Uh,
0: so you talk about before and after, in the middle of when the game's on. Nah, just
1: there. pure terror for me. Pure. Yep. I think the best way to explain fo- playing football in front of a large crowd, and even if you're playing reserves, knowing it's getting judged and people looking at your stats yep. and stuff like that, is traumatic. Now, obviously the word trauma gets thrown around a lot when it comes to defence forces and things like mm. that because those people see real yeah. hardcore, Absolutely. proper trauma. I'm not comparing myself to that at all. But trauma is a very subjective thing. And football was the most important thing in my life. So having to push myself through that with how I was feeling was traumatic for me. And it never, ever got easier. It never got better. So I guess one thing that I learned with it was that you can't out-achieve your issues. And I try to say that to people, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever it is. You can't out-achieve it. It'll just come back to haunt you later. You need
0: to put time into your issues. So when did you when did you realize you first uh, I suppose had anxiety and, and at the point was there you know you, you know did, did your teammates your club your clubs know obviously it's a lot you know mental health issues are a lot more more recognised now
1: I was very good at hiding it yeah so I tell a story about my first experience with anxiety when I was living in Newdigate which is you know 4 hours southeast of Perth lining up for a running race when I was 7 and running to the toilets and vomiting and then having this huge wave of relief wash over me because I didn't have to run the race anymore. Mm. I was like, yes, I felt so good. And then I went out and they were waiting for me yeah. after five or six minutes and it just came straight back. I didn't know that was anxiety. It took me a very, very long time to work that out. But You're seven. seven. Yeah. I was seven. Yeah. And so what happened was my teachers had said, are you okay, what's happening? And I said, yeah, yeah I'm fine. And I didn't tell my parents. Yeah. And I started this trend in my life of just gritting my teeth mm. and pushing through it. And no matter how bad it got, I just gritted my teeth and pushed through it and and slowly over the next you know 20 from that moment the next 20 25 years it got worse and worse and worse and then it becomes normal so yeah. we get from the outside we see people here and then we see that at point a and then we see them at point b and we think that's happened rather quickly mm. but in reality there's small steps between point a and point b and for me it just slowly got worse and each time it got worse it, i got used to it and that became my life and it would be normal and it took until probably 2018 and i had some events happen that kind of made me look at it and go well this isn't normal what the hell am I doing with my life look look at who I've become and I know that I'm a good person I come from a great part of the world from two good families and I know I'm a good person so I knew that wasn't me the stuff I was doing but the stuff I was doing was not stuff that a good person does so I started to I guess attach that those Behaviors to the anxiety and thought. Well, I can if I can fix this, I can start to live a normal life and I can start to be myself again. And one thing I've learned is the best moments in your life are the ones where you're the most yourself. So I really enjoy now doing my presentations because I'm me and I do it like me. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, well, you know, I can talk to them and get feedback and try to improve. But I still want to just be me. Whereas I look at my football career and I wasn't me, and that that's what upsets me the most.
0: Um, You've talked about in the past, I suppose the the pressure you placed on yourself obviously the pressure you know a lot of young draftees going to the afl um what was that like what what, what was that level of pressure you placed on yourself and expectation
1: oh debilitating is yep. the best word for it i think i had some issues in my final year of schooling before i was drafted and i had a back issue and it's also when my anxiety started to really roll on yeah by the time i presented for training in my first day of training i'd got in pretty average shape and mentally I was also in pretty average shape as well I was starting to really really struggle and I hid that and what that looked like from the outside was like I didn't care and I'd rocked up and I was in average condition and I hid my anxiety so it looked like I just didn't care it's point a to point b that's right yeah but it happened over six or nine months and they decided the best the football club where I was at at the time decided the best kind of tactic would be to kind of come down hard on me and there was some stern words in that but they didn't realize the anxiety that I had and what I was dealing with and that kind of tipped me over the edge and I don't hold anyone uh, responsible for that other than myself because I didn't tell anyone what I was really going through and so what happened there was I started to isolate myself really struggle with the pressure and I made a decision which was the worst decision I've ever made which was instead of finding support to help me around me i decided i was going to try and out achieve it i thought well if i work harder and train harder because that's what i'd done to that moment that's why i was a pretty good footballer as a kid i trained hard and so i decided i was going to out achieve it and what happens when you do that with anxiety you get really single-minded focus and so everything else fell away including all of my relationships And then I started to struggle more and more and more because that pressure of putting that thing that you're doing is the only important thing in your life. It's very hard to have multiple focal points in your life when you have anxiety because what fight or flight does, which is what happens when you get anxiety, is it narrows your focus to one thing and you worry so much about that thing at the expense of everything else, which is a good system. And it's the reason that we're standing here, but we don't need it anymore. And so that's what I started to do. And over years and years and years, I just went harder and harder at that goal. To, at the expense of everything else, putting extra pressure on me. And, you know, it kind of was really, really debilitating. I saw Ash Barty's press conference this morning about a win at Wimbledon, and she said, it's just a game of tennis. That was the complete opposite to the way I felt. Every game of football, was, I felt like I was playing for my career. And it's very hard to... to. to Some people perform. thrive off that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if you're physically fit, yeah. mentally healthy, maybe you do, but I yeah. was not in that state.
0: Yeah, of so. course. Um, I suppose the power of vulnerability and when you actually did were able to freely talk about you know what you've been going through and what you've been suffering what was that feeling like and, and, and what was the moment when you realized I'm actually happy to start talking about this
1: to be honest I still am not 100% comfortable sharing everything okay. that I share because I've got a family and I've got two sets of you know two sets of grandparents I've got a grandma and then I've got a grandmother and grandfather and There's a lot of stuff that happened in my life that I share because it accentuates the point of where I've come from to where I'm going that might be hard for them to hear and also my parents. And it's hard for me to share that knowing that some of my family and friends are going to hear this stuff kind of secondhand, not from me myself. But it's important for me to make other people who are going through stuff feel comfortable Mm -hmm. because no one ever made me feel comfortable. And the reason that I do this is because every motivational speak that I ever Motivational talk that I ever sat through when I was playing AFL was the general consensus and underlying theme of it was push through this and you'll get this. So we'd get guys come in that had climbed Everest or someone who had been to the Olympics and they always had this sort of adversity in their life that they'd push through to achieve some great thing. So that was my mentality push, push, push to achieve. And I kept doing it and kept doing it. I teach people the opposite. There's no point pushing and pushing and pushing to achieve something if you're not in a good frame of mind, because you're not going to enjoy it when you get there. So you need to put time into yourself. You know, enjoyment comes from the rewards from just living a good life and being yourself. And so for me, it's about sharing that and changing the mentality towards putting time into yourself and not trying to find your rewards from these big achievements. Find them from just being yourself.
0: Have you had many people, I suppose, reach out? Is that, is that a great experience from what you've been doing?
1: that's the only thing that has been keeping me going Mm. because i've been doing this pretty much living off my savings and my parents help me out here and there via a loan that i pay back when i can and the messages that i get and the thank yous and stuff like that is kind of the fuel that keeps me going and it's funny like there's moments where i'm like why am i doing this Mm. because i'm 34 and i can't afford the essentials sometimes in life that other people my age are accustomed to and i was accustomed to before this i left a pretty well-paying government job and I'll be questioning myself and then I'll get a message right when I need it and it'll keep me going for another couple of days and whatever. I can still remember when I got my first one because all I wanted to do I told my partner was change the way one person thought about this stuff. I wanted one person to stop and put time into themselves and not go down the path that I did and it took a couple of months. I started the Instagram account in November last year. Yep. And I think it was about mid-January and I got this text, this huge text. And it was from someone, uh, a, a man, and he said, I've been struggling and the first thing that I do every morning is check your page And for the last six or eight weeks and I don't know where I'd be without your page. And I just broke down in tears. I, I just could not, I, I could not stop crying. I was just like, I've, I, I didn't know what to do because I'd done it. I did mm. exactly what I wanted to do, which was Just purpose. Yeah. One person's yeah. mentality. And it's one of those things that I try not to take for granted because now I've kind of got over 2,000 followers and it's grown. It's been fantastic. The sport's been amazing. Next is one million. (laughs) And I don't look at the numbers, but now I kind of have this constant feed of communication with people and I never take it for granted. And I always remind myself why I started this. And it becomes hard because now it's a balancing act between turning it into a business that I can do for a career And still being very authentic and being myself and making sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons and that that's a balancing act.
0: you obviously got that country background as well no doubt there's plenty of people out there in country WA and we know the uh, the stigma and and everything like that is is that also a hope to try and break that down?
1: Yeah well look the thing that I say to people is I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed because that was the way that not specifically my parents but that's the way that we were taught in the bush was kind of just grit your teeth and push through. It. I've always been like that and look where it got me Mm. you know i was sorry to be graphical the the graphic nature of this but i was 31 two drug overdoses both could have gone either way either honestly could have easily gone either way i've had three or four other very 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 touch and go moments because i put myself in you know, there's situations to try to numb that pain, you know, risky behaviour and gambling and yep. drugs and alcohol and set, and just stupid stuff to try and mm. numb that anxiety. All because I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and thinking that was tough to just push through it. And it should have, probably should have cost me my life. I'm pretty lucky to be here. So that's where it got me, pushing through it, trying to, trying to be tough. Yep. I used to think being tough was just pushing through stuff, but now I think it's about doing whatever you need to do to be healthy and happy in yourself, for your family and friends. So and I, that's strength. Yes, and I've changed my perspective on that as well. I've had to
0: shift my beliefs as well. If you don't mind just going back briefly, I suppose, when you did pull the pin on your AFL career when you were at Sydney at the time, um, can you talk about, I suppose, what's what's it like leaving that structure and how you, 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 I think you've said before, you found it to, that was probably one of the worst things you thought that was going to end your anxiety.
1: Well, because my anxiety had started, When I went into the AFL system, it had kind of built up in year 12 at school and then really tipped over the edge when I started to, when football became my job, it just was too much for me, this constant having, constantly having to perform at the one thing that gave me the most anxiety because I put so much pressure on myself. And I thought that the anxiety came from football. So I thought now that it's finished, it was kind of why I retired. It was too hard. Yep. And I thought, well, now it's going to get better and the next five years after football we're just you know i call it in my presentation the spiral because i think i lived in four cities i had two or three different partners i changed uni degrees two or three different times i had seven or eight jobs i was literally just going around in circles because there was no structure i had no purpose which football gave me and i really really spiraled and at the end of 2018 i was in a really really bad way and it was could have gone one of two ways, I guess. So I'm happy to be here.
0: What's that? What's that point? Where's the point when you go? I can turn this. I
1: had gone through a pretty rough breakup at the time. I Was driving an Uber for $14 an hour. I couldn't get a job. I'd been applying for is jobs. That
0: a, is that a is um, a legal hourly rate? No, it's disgu- It's modern yeah. slavery. It's disgusting.
1: Yeah. Don't get me started on because I worked at Red. R- I
0: worked at Red Roost. I reckon when I was. In year 10 for about $6 an hour. And I thought yeah. that was good. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: all these things that we take for granted at the moment, they yeah. come at a price Absolutely. somewhere along the chain. But anyway, that's the, that's, uh, yeah. we like saving money on all that stuff so we can go and spend it on something else to show right. off on social media. But anyway, we won't get into that today. <laughs> but I was, my anxiety was so bad that I couldn't drive the Uber long enough to pay for my bills because I had a car loan, home loan, credit card debt. I'd been at uni, mature age uni for three years. I, was, I owed my parents money. I was in a real bad way. And I couldn't bring myself to do more than four or five hours of it a day. I would just get so anxious. But four or five hours times seven days is 30, 35 hours yep. times $14 is only $500, 600 my, my outgoings per week were more than that with rent and all that stuff. So I literally couldn't make enough money to, to, to pay my way. And I was in a really, really bad place. And I had stopped talking to my parents because they were so worried about me. I didn't want to, I couldn't bear to make them any more worried
0: and I'd given up. That feeling you are a burden sort of thing. Absolutely.
1: And I'd given up and I had no one to talk to. I'd lost touch with a lot of friends because of the spiral that I'd been on in different cities and stuff. So I, the only person I could call was my ex-girlfriend who was in Finland, I don't even know what the time was. And I called her and just broke down. And hearing in her voice that, she didn't want to talk to me because she was like, um, you're not my problem. Like, seriously, what are you calling me for? She'd moved on. Hearing that, for the first time in my life, because until that moment, I'd never been on oh, anxieties, ruined football, relationships, family and that. I'd, I kind of blamed myself. Okay. I'd been a really talented junior footballer and then got into the AFL and really struggled, did my best but really struggled. And like everybody else who from the outside, I'd kind of just gone, well, you couldn't handle it of thing that was my mentality for myself yep. and for a split moment i went you know what my anxiety has ruined my life it has ruined everything because i know what i felt like internally the whole time and for a second i had a poor me poor me moment which i don't do re- regularly and i went my ruined everything. i got really angry at it and so i woke up the next day and i called my mom and i said mom i'm going to have a couple of years off of trying to be anything in life i'm just going to get a job that's kind of just like a safe job and i'm going to figure out what anxiety is and then i started this mission that started reading and reading and reading and ended up reading 150 200 books just went nuts and then started to feel better and
0: put together my own understanding of what anxiety is and that's rolled into what this is now so it's pretty committed search for answers pretty committed search for answers well i don't think 150 books
1: yeah it was it's all i did for the yeah. first 18 months i was reading a book on a saturday a book on a sunday yeah. book during the week audio books i was just going nuts watching interviews reaching out to people who yeah. wrote the books and chatting and stuff mm. like on the instagram and it was a real search for something that was going to help me and more so i guess the best way to explain it is i stopped looking for answers and i started looking for information to turn into my own kind of solution and doing that allowed me to find some put together aspects of different philosophies and theories and methods and treatments and things into something that works for me and that's what i teach people to do now is is, is grab all that information I say put it in a blender and come up with something that
0: works for you so, yeah there there's what what work for you might not work for someone yes, else absolutely yep yep yeah so looking forward I suppose where do, where do you want to take this where do you want to take mr. anxiety well I you talk about not being you want it to be obviously your job in regards to it's your passion yeah
1: like I'm at the point now where I'm trying to turn it into something that I can do long term that's challenging but there are a lot of people out there who are in a similar position to what I was and that's why I started it the whole process of trying to monetize that is uncomfortable for me very okay. very uncomfortable yep. i've got actually got a girl who comes in and helps me 2 days a week to come in and help with that side of it you don't yeah
0: you don't want it to feel like a business do you that's or, right yeah but
1: the rate it's going at the moment mm. we haven't got long left before i have to go and get another job so yep. she's in to help me to monetize it and to tidy it up and get it to a point where we can both have an income off it and we can grow. And I guess where I see it going is probably more to the events side of things because I I really enjoy the events and I feel like that's the best way to impart that knowledge and what I've learned. And the underlying theme of it isn't this is how you beat anxiety. It's this is how I beat it. Mm. And you follow this process and find your own little methods That's kind of what I want to teach people. It's not about me telling people things. It's about me showing them what I've done. And then they can go out and do it themselves. From a selfish point of view, I have always, always wanted to live in America. I've always wanted to go to America.
0: Good coffee there. Is there? I don't know, apparently. Uh, (laughs) I think we have the
1: best coffee in the world here. You reckon? Oh, we're blessed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely What's your favourite coffee
0: spot here? My
1: favourite? The... uh, the best barista, I'll drive in, I'll drive in.
0: By the way, just for a disclaimer for everyone, we're recording at, at Magic Studios in yes. West Perth. So we will get out in the bush eventually, but yes. uh,
1: that's quite the ironic thing. We're uh, bush footy legends in yeah, West in Perth. The city. In the city. <laughs> so my favourite barista in the world is in the city in Mad Lily's Cafe. Okay. There's three of them. They're owned by a family, and they're all just—they take their coffee very seriously. Yep. They take their time. You might have to wait an extra five minutes, but it'll be the best coffee. So it's that—it's
0: that morning ritual you like—is yeah. it the coffee or the morning ritual? It's a bit of both, and yeah, I yeah. really enjoy the relationship that I
1: have with the baristas. Like I kind of get to know them. And
0: yeah, I tell you, I can't stand when you go somewhere for a coffee, and I know—I know it's—I know its i know in the middle of Perth, and there's a lot of people. But if you go in there regularly, they need to know your name, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they need to work that out real quick. And they need to know what you order by face. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really yeah. important. They yeah. go If they ask you every day, what's your name? I'm not sure if they're worth going yeah, back. No. They, they have about five days to work that out, I reckon. Yep. Give them a so, week. What's, what's, the best,
1: what's the best coffee in, in the bush? That's a good question. I will say are cafe, I don't know if it's still called Cafe 43 in Narogen. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I think it might have a new name. I should Google it. But they're they're, they're very good. They they're actually really good little cafe. Like they're yep. really friendly and. They take it pretty seriously, so um, yeah. they're good. York has a place called Botanicalia. Okay. It's we might open. put
0: this out there over the series. What, what is yeah. the what is the best coffee yeah, in so region WA? So, so York, York, they're quite lucky in York to have that cafe. Yeah. I'm just going to go something basic. I've done the trip to Perth to Albany that many times. I'll go to the Williams Wool Shed. Just real. That's but not too bad. Yeah, but you have to wait in line. Yeah. But hey, yeah. that's, that's, there, could, there could be worse things going around at the moment. Um, football, any, any, any more chance for a kick this year? I'm trying. I yeah. just have this nerve issue down the bottom of my back so
1: i'm able to run basically as far as i want just going for a jog i love Mm -hmm. running but as soon as i start to sprint and turn and twist it compacts the bottom of my spine and it impinges on the nerve and then it grabs my hamstring and i basically can't walk so i've played three games this year and i've got through a half each time and then i feel pretty good but then that happens and i literally can't move so
0: can you just stand in the gold square and and hail
1: taxis i did that (laughs) i did that but Often I have a pretty decent opponent and I like it's yeah. I kind of need a run to, to to get the ball and it's it's hard playing it's on someone when you can't move
0: so you're, you're playing down there um, or I suppose for those that, for those who don't really know Lake Grace it's it's made up of the is there anyone else in Lake Grace other than the Mortons Bearstows and Fifes is there anyone else in Lake Grace well Liam Baker yeah two-time Oh, sorry, sorry, my sorry, my apologies, well, of course. We
1: claimed <laughs> Liam because he's from Pingaring, which is 40, oh, that, yeah, yeah. 40 minutes from Lake Grace. But his mum was a teacher at Lake Grace. So yeah, fair enough. There. Claim him. So, yeah, Lake Grace has some fantastic footballing families. Um, there are some really handy footballers down there. An old fellow, I'll say an old fellow, by the name of Tyson Prater, was a mm. was a really good junior footballer. and he's yep. Still playing? He won the. He's 33, won the league. B&F last year uh, for Angrup. The Ganser medal. Yeah, yeah. for Up. He won it last year. So that was pretty impressive from him. It's getting pretty old in the tooth. But he has one of the best left foots you'll ever see. Yeah. Um, I love country football. And some of my favourite players of all time are obviously made up of AFL footballers, but also country footballers. Yep. So
0: any, any any, you want to share?
1: Oh, I think Kel- there's a gentleman named Kelvin Holmes. Yeah. Who played for Lake Grace and then I think went to Cookran after that. He's from Pingrup, Pingrup, Lake Grace. It's yep. called Lake Grace Pingrup, yep. I should say. The bombers, yep. And he he's one of the best footballers I've ever seen. He was he was very, very, very good. It's hard to describe how good he was. He was on Carlton's list, I believe, for a little bit, but then went back to the farm. You know, a lot of people don't realise that before the current kind of influx of total payer payments that professionalism I suppose. Yes, yeah. professional, that the AFL has now a lot of people in the 80s and 90s chose to stay on the farm yep. so there are a lot of really really good country footballers mm. um, obviously the Ditchburns are very close to Lake Grace but in a different league yep so they're up the road in Cochrane yep. so I never really got to see Ross in that place for so mm. their footballing family as well but there's some great footballers in that league and yep. um, Boxwood Hills and Jeremunga Up dominated in different areas yeah. for ages. They have some fantastic players. I went to school with a few of the guys from from um, Up, and they're very good footballers. So. so
0: fortunately the comp is at five teams at the moment. You, know, you probably remember the days when there was more, but I suppose the the country towns are getting a bit smaller yeah. and and, yeah. and the farms. And we and I have to mention Ian Lloyd
1: from Newgate. Oh, he's st- actually still playing. Yes, and he was he was my so there were two guys in Newgate when I was a kid, Ian Lloyd and Jesse Duff. Jesse moved to Albany. Yeah, don't know how much football. Jesse played but they were my idols I just yeah they were the two coolest people in the world for me. <laughs> and yeah that they, they would probably be yeah two of my top 10 players that I've ever seen just from uh, you know those players and then the guys from Lake Grace when I was yep. a kid watching Noel Bairstow and Chris Bates and all these guys who won yep. Ryan Bates won grand finals in there's the late Lu- there's Luke Bairstow playing That's now right, still yeah, yeah. Son.
0: Um, so yeah it's, I'm very lucky to have got to see all those great players yeah you come back and and they're still playing, a lot of them. Yeah, come back recently. a lot of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's awesome to go back. It's back and, to the future and nothing's changed. Yeah, certainly. that's right. It's awesome to go back. And they're getting a little bit slower, but they're still good to watch them. So, Midge, yeah, perfect. Um, what's next for you? Well, yeah, I'm really enjoying at the moment getting these talks
1: going. So we started with six people. My first one was six people. Yep. Um, and then it's slowly grown from six to kind of 15, 20. And then yep. now we're up to about 50 so that's exciting. I'm loving it. And what we're able to do now, because we're able to sell a few more tickets, is get some guests in. So last week we had a meditation expert, um, mindfulness and meditation expert named Helen Appleyard from Shine Meditation. And the next one, I'm actually going from here to meet a guy who is a um, sound uh, healing therapist. Okay. Uh, and a counsellor and we're going to chat about what he can bring to it and then I'm looking to bring in psychologists and really, yep. really expand what we're doing and, 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 and as it gets bigger, it allows me to offer more to the people that are coming, which is what it's all about. So that's really exciting. And then obviously I have the my little partner in crime who comes in and helps me on Tuesdays and Thursdays and she's got some ideas about how we can kind of get it going and that. And
0: um, It's exciting. It's challenging. Absolutely. Like- well, you had the other night, you, you the, 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 the issues of live presenting. There's yes. There's a, a, they come up everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's,
1: I learned the other night and I've, it's one thing that I, I've had to learn the hard way. I've tried to stay away from this mindset that I'm kind of performing and I've tried to keep it really yeah. raw and I've tried not to see myself as someone who gets up and performs, but. You're on, the, you're on a
0: stage though. You? Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: at the point now where I've, I was a real learning curve the other day because yeah. I tried to ad lib the yeah. intro, but the lights went down I couldn't see anybody and then this bright light came in my face and I tried to ad-lib it and I just had a meltdown which was really good for me because I haven't been anxious for ages so I got to remember what that feeling was like and how to kind of push through it and then get back to what I knew and I was comfortable but it was a good experience and I talked about it on my podcast but that was a real learning curve for me and I woke up the next morning and came down up with a kind of plan of how I can be better prepared and unfortunately for me it kind of means changing my mindset to being a little bit more I need to practice and rehearse. I haven't really done that. I've just tried to be me. But I do need to start seeing it as me presenting to people, um, which is yeah. I guess I've got to this point, pretty much on raw ethnicity. Just is that the word for it? Authenticity. Just trying to uh, share my knowledge in the way that I naturally do it. But I guess I need to put some more effort now into kind of presenting it a bit better.
0: Well, hopefully, what you shared with us today is you know can can help. Not only people what you're doing with your with Mr Anxiety project, but obviously listening to this podcast as well. Especially reaching out to those um, in the country as well. Um, very relatable. Um, probably got a story that a lot of people can relate to. So appreciate your openness today, and um, great to see you've got a great outlook on life now.
1: No, thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure to talk about this, and from the the bush as well. Yep. Being from the bush and kind of incorporating the two. It's it's where I'm from. I'll always be from there. It's a real privilege coming on these podcasts. So thank you for that and thank you for doing what you're doing.
0: No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Bush Footy Legends. If you like the show, make sure you like, follow and share with your mates. Here at Bush Footy Legends, we're big on creating environments that support social inclusion and connectedness. Get in touch with us through our Instagram page at wa football or through our Facebook page at WACFL.